What's going on, friends and family? You guys are watching Every Day is a Saturday with your host, me, myself, and I, Brian Roof. Hey, guys, we got another great day, another great interview. My next guest served his country proud eight years in the United States Army, and now he's quite the busy guy. He is currently a police officer for a little over a decade, owns two businesses, a real estate agent, and has a podcast show called the Everlasting Veteran Podcast, which is a vessel for messages and conversations for the company and its supporters to help others through struggles and transition out of the military. Let's meet our next hero, Ryan Landry from Everlasting Podcast. What's going on there, Brian? I appreciate you having me on, man. Absolutely, Ryan. Appreciate you being on, brother. I'm excited to uh, have you on and uh, for you here to uh, tell us all about your story, man. Tell us about how it is that you became an army and you weren't ready to be a Marine yet. And then uh, tell us a little bit how that, you know, went and then uh, tell us about how life's going now, brother. Yeah. So my stomach couldn't handle the crayons. So I didn't go into the Marines. Uh, the red ones were the best ones. Uh, but, uh, you know, my, my family is, uh, long lived in, in the military world. Uh, my grandfather was, uh, 23 years Navy, uh, World War II, Vietnam, Korean war. Uh, my stepfather, Russell, uh, was Marines and army. And my father was army as well. So, it was only natural that, uh, you know, I went into the military. That was my calling. It, it was a family surrounding, uh, and my uncle as well was in the Navy. So it was only a matter of time but before I enlisted. And uh, like many, many other parents, my mom was not too happy with it. Uh, to disown me is to say the least, um, but she is 100% supportive of everything that I got going on, which I'm, I'm so proud of, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it was one of those things where I went to college for a couple of years first and, you know, it was, uh, 2007 and after two years of college and I said, you know what, um, my sense of service is, is not fulfilled, uh, for me alone. Uh, my sense of service is not fulfilled. And, and so I joined the army in 2009 and, uh, I didn't look back. Um, you know, I can remember when the towers hit in, uh, nine 11 and I was in, in my English class, uh, in Norwich, Connecticut. Um, and I was pissed. I was pissed that at, uh, you know, 15, 16 years old, uh, that our, our country had to go through that and there was a sense of service from that point on along with many other Americans. And I joined the army in 2009 and, and I didn't look back and I got out of active duty in 2012 and got hired by the police department that I'm with and went into the national guard. Um, and I've been with the police department I've been with for, uh, over 10 years now. Wow, man. So let's uh, go back a little bit, you know, and elaborate a little bit more on your, you know, Army career. And then I would like to even elaborate, you know, how it is being a police officer after, you know, serving. Um, so let's talk about it, man. Eight years is, you know, quite a bit of time to spend in the uh, military. I mean, 
you know, any, any amount of time could be a quite a bit of time, but you know, eight years is a lengthy amount of time. What made you kind of say eight was enough? Really just the family life or. I told myself when I went into the military, if I settled down and had a family, I was going to get out. Uh, I knew what military life was like, um, talking to, uh, my grandmother, um, with my grandfather being in the Navy for 23 years and moving around, all that stuff. And I told myself, um, and talking with other people that, um, just personally, um, I rather settled down. Um, and I tell you, when I joined the Army, I, I said, see you later, Connecticut. I'm never coming back. Now I'm a police officer in the town that I grew up in right (laughs) yeah bro that's i mean we i think we all say that like even myself when i left my town i was in you know small town in palmdale i was like yeah i've never gone back yeah bro end up getting a job still here yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's one of those things man where you know everybody everybody drives towards comfort it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what it is um and when when things change, uh, what you know is, is home, you know, home brings you comfort, you know, good or bad. That's what, you know, um, and you know, it's, it's going to drive you home. And that's what ended up where I'm at right now, uh, is because that's where I grew up and this is what I know. Um, I, I'm one of those people, I'm an old soul, um, you know, yes, ma'am, no, sir, uh, type of type of people. I'm from the north. I'm not from the south, but uh, I'm an old soul. Um, I living where I don't belong, type of thing. Um, you know, and I don't I don't fit in most of the time. That's how I feel. Um, a lot of people haven't heard me say that, and this is probably the first time I've said it, and it's on your show. Um, is I honestly feel like I, I'm where I don't belong. And a lot of veterans feel that when they get out in the military, um, because of the changes, um, because of how they grew up and when they got, got out, um, the atmosphere and the environment in which they grew up in has changed. And, you know, a lot of things because of that is sparked everlasting veteran. You know what? Before we get too far in that, man, let's go ahead and check out a little clip that you sent and you made. This was uh, made by Ryan. This thing is awesome. So let's uh, go ahead and check this out. little dose of uh, his military since he's being, you know, a little humble on it. Yeah. <laughs> Bulldog 33 three, Apache 8 November fire for effect over enemy OP on hilltop over yeah man love it love it bro there's a lot of emotion and pride in that one man like you 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 got the most emotion out of that video right there man so the the uh the photo of me to the left uh Paul Deese to the right and um 
Maddie in the middle. Maddie is uh, with the Australian Army. Uh, we built a pretty good bond, and I've communicated with him. Actually, this this hat right here is with uh, from one of his buddies uh, served in the Australian Army that I got from them. Um, yeah, that 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 uh, I put that video together earlier this morning, and I tried to piece together. You try to put 30 seconds of who you are into a video. And um, honestly, dude, that's probably the most emotional, like, of who I am. Um, because that's live video from deployment. So the guns going off, that hillside actual uh, VT fuse uh, going off for the guns, um, was actually a live video from Helicam from our observers that called in the mission, um, that they were taking contact from. And so a lot of people have not seen that video. That's probably the first time it's actually hit the internet. I've held on to it since, um, I went to Afghanistan in 2010 to 2011. Uh, so that part of that, actually, it's a longer video, uh, but I snippeted out um, the dude's swearing uh, mm -hmm. just because I didn't know how your podcast went. Um, but he said, fuck yeah, the dude's dead as shit. Um, <laughs> because they were pinned down and they called in a fire mission from us. And that was actually one of our first times of having confirmed kills in Afghanistan on artillery grounds. Um, so there's a lot Dropping of warheads on foreheads, huh? Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a little emotion that goes in that video because we shared a little bit when they came with that video. Um, you know, a lot of dudes have mixed emotions uh, when, when it comes to me putting that up. And that's the first time probably ever it's actually hit social media. Uh, actually, it is the first time it ever hit social media. So you should, you should probably be proud that it hit your show first. Um, I appreciate that. I've, I've held on to that since uh, deployment. Um, I have a lot of others um, that probably will not hit the internet but um it just goes to show what we go through right when we when we rain down steel rain right whether you're artillery whether you're navy whether you're a corpsman whether you're marines whether you're an infantryman in the army everybody has their job our number one job is trying to come home, but we don't think about that when we deploy, right? Unfortunately, when we get back, the downside is we're met with the repercussions of PTSD, anxiety, and everything else of did I do everything right? Could I have done more? That video has haunted me for years. Because I knew that was the one, the first one, that we had KIAs in Afghanistan on my hand, right? I was, I was the one that sent the mission down, 
Um, I'm one of those people. I'm never going to say, oh, special forces. I did this or whatever. I'm going to, I'm a truthful person. I'm going to tell you how it is. All right. Everybody, and this is what we have through the veteran community as well, is everybody has their own level, all right, of PTSD, anxiety, whatever, right? That video took me a little bit to actually compose in the morning this morning because I didn't know if it was ready. I didn't know if I was ready. Yeah. You know? Because even though I had a mission, right, there was a mission at hand, we took lives. Think about it. We did that in the United States. I'd be in jail right now. Right. That's, that's That's how a lot of servicemen think when they get back. Because you interact with some people in a different country, and some of them are fucking pleasant as hell. Others throw fucking water bottles filled with piss at you, you know, yeah, but, right. yep. or bicycles, whatever, rocks. yards, yeah, rocks. But, you know, you think to yourself, and this is Monday morning quarterbacking, years, years after deployment, and you think to yourself, Did I do the right thing? Right. And on top of it, you know, I sit here and I go, we're attached, you know, to a Marine unit. We're attached. We had an SF unit that would call on fire missions. You know, there were a lot of times where, honestly, my mind went blank because we had such high operations going on with a fire mission, you know, that it was just the mission at hand, right? You know, high R, loom, you know, followed by whatever they wanted. I remember we we dropped, you know, VT fuses. We killed fucking turkeys, you know, the village turkeys and shit they had. And... You know, we just shrug it off. You know, it, it was one of those things the village people took offense to. And I'm like, you know, it's just part of it. You know, and you come back and you go, was that real life? You know, and, you know, it, even now I go, I don't know if this this even happened. You know, because your mind is trying to process stuff that happened and you second guess the actual reality of the mission, you know, and you sit here and you go, you know, that actually happened. You go, I don't know. And then you try to like justify or change the parameters of what actually happened. And then what happens is you go to your VA appointment and you go, no, that didn't happen because now you you don't know if it's true or not because your mind is actually trying to suppress the PTSD from whatever you had going on, you know? And I could definitely relate to that because in 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 uh for me 
sometimes I'll talk to some of my buddies that we, you know, I deployed with and stuff and uh, rough conversations and, and they'll tell me stories and I'm like, I it just, you know, you, you totally forget about some of this stuff. A lot of it. I, well, I, yeah. I think I forgot about a lot of it uh, because a lot of times when they'll bring it up, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Wow. That really did happen. I didn't even, I forgot all about that part. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. there's just some things I think that we, you know, mentally do try to try to block out, or maybe we don't necessarily want to remember it. <clears throat> so we can part, compartment, whatever, uh, departmentalize it. Whatever. Yeah. I can't get yeah. that damn word. Yeah. Math, uh, math from, I mean, uh, English from range wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. But Crap. not, man. I mean, paper was more for you right (laughs) but no man i could definitely relate in that aspect i mean um just having conversations with buddies that i deployed with and i'm just like damn okay yeah didn't realize that happened i should maybe i should have said something about that (laughs) well that's the thing is like you know i i've thought about it over the years and you know i i'm one of those people like listen i'm not special forces i'm not a ranger you know i'm not these high op stuff right you know i didn't i didn't go through the worst of shit i didn't go through the best of shit i wasn't at calf i wasn't at bath you know where kandahar air force base listen they tried to write me a ticket for not having my tt pt belt right we we ran zero light in the night for the majority of the time that i was there Right. I go back to CAF to go back home for two weeks and they're trying to write me a ticket for not having my PT belt. You know, so people have to understand that your deployment or veterans deployments, depending on where you're at, all right, is going to be significantly different in your 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 job is going to be significantly different than the person to your left or to your right. Right. So if you're at Kandahar Air Force Base and you're an MP, your job at night is making sure everybody has their PT belt on. Right. God forbid you're reflective in the middle of the night where I'm at. (laughs) Right. And I'm up north. Right. South of Kabul. Right. We are not running PT belts at night. Right. If you have a PT belt on, it makes you a target, right? So, you know, people's deployments, and this is what people don't understand in the veteran community, is even though somebody is deployed to Afghanistan or in a combat zone, right, I'm not privy to say that I was with a special forces unit and we did this X, Y, Z. But I'm going to tell you that I was not sitting behind the largest Air Force base in Afghanistan, where that's where people, Kandahar Air Force Base and Bagram Air Force Base, CAF and BAF, is where the country music artists and politicians would go and do their peacetime shit, right? That is where... They would say, we went and visited the troops. That is where Robin Williams, God rest his soul, went to, and they turned his back, turned their back on him, right? People have to understand that there are many levels, just like PTSD, that 
you know, veterans go through. And that that is one of the biggest things in the veteran community that I run into that's a big issue that causes the most turmoil is they get offended by other veterans that they were National Guard, never deployed, because I'll tell you right now, I talked to a dude um, for a second cav regiment and they were trying to, this is a couple years ago, trying to do no deployment patch at all for everybody on the base. So when I was in, if you deployed, you had deployment patch, you had your unit patch. It was an honor to wear the deployment patch of the unit that you deployed with. New people coming in got offended that others had a deployment patch because they never deployed before. That's what the veteran community was dealing with. I never brought it up till now because I'm in a slow progression with Everlasting Veteran. Season three, I'm about to blow the roof off because I'm sick and tired of people playing the victim card. We're an American. We support each other. Doesn't matter what branch you came from. Doesn't matter what walk of life you came from. All right. If you served in active duty or National Guard or reserves, I respect you. Once you get out, you are considered a veteran by letter. But don't compare yourself. If I compare myself to a special forces unit, that's wrong. Right? Just like force recon in the Marines, I'm artillery. If I compared myself to force recon in the Marines, that's wrong. That's what we're dealing with the veteran community, and nobody wants to talk about it. And it hurts the transition coming out of the military. And that's the only reason why I talk about it. Because you have people coming out of the military and transition. That's one of the things that Everlasting Veterans started. Is... When you transition out of the military, you have to be factual why you're transitioning, what's your skill set to get the job that you need. Be honest to who you are. You know, we had for years, especially before the pandemic, of the stolen valor, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It is is disrespectful. Yeah. Disrespectful. Unbelievable. Right? Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. It, it, I, that's one thing that really irks me, man, is people claiming something they didn't earn. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, each of us had to earn our titles. And, right. Uh, you know, and we worked really hard for it. Some of us blood, sweat, and tears, man. Uh, yeah. These guys with broken bones that had to do it and, and stuff. So it's, a you know. I can't stand it, man. I mean, I you come across it a lot, like in social media, like TikTok. 
Uh, and, and and I and I catch them, and you know, and I can usually catch it. And it's like, oh boy, you know, and because especially when someone claims marine, I can't. There's a lot of times I can't catch a lot of the other branches right off rip, unless yeah. they're super horrible. I've caught some of them, like army. I'm like, oh man, that that doesn't even look right to me, you know. Yeah. But when it comes down to the Marine Corps, man, there's something that the Marines are taught. We are taught a long history of the Marine Corps guys that came before us war heroes there's just so many different aspects that we're taught that you as a marine if you are a marine would know you know there's just certain yeah. questions that we would ask and you could totally tell when someone's like nah. you know they start yeah. asking like well what was what was your platoon uh number in uh boot camp and they they throw out some weird you know letters or something you're like no okay we know <laughs> yeah so uh, i'll tell you this I, you know i'm not the most decorated person and you know i served my time you know i'm not one of those people to say like you know look at me but i'll tell you this right and i'm gonna zoom up all right so right here this is my shadow box right and you know i i only bring it up because you have a lot of people in right now Right. That, you know, they they haven't deployed yet. All right. One, two, three. And I actually created this immediately after I came out of active duty. So I have two ribbons that should be there as well. So I'd be working on my fifth uh, row, actually, with the Rhode Island um, ribbon. All right. This is actually kind of out of date. I created this back in 2012, all right? And I got my cab here, drivers, and the hell is that? Uh, shooter, shooter's badge, all right? We also have the presidential award, all right, for our unit, 2nd Cavalry Regiment, for our deployment, the task that we completed for our deployment. That's the one that I I take the most pride in. What the hell am I doing right now? All right. So let me let me scroll down. So the the presidential unit, right, is is for the unit entirely. It's not a personal badge. Uh it's not one of the, it I can I can wear any unit if I was still in, um, but it's not, it's not a personal badge, right? It's well, technically it is because you were with the unit at the time. Yeah. That, I, yeah. I got one. You didn't say. Yeah, so, so that's the one I, you know, the cab. Yeah. But the presidential unit, all right, is one that I hold dear because as a unit, a 2nd Cavalry Regiment, in the AO we're operating in, we came and we conquered. We, we made a difference. The shit that we were doing as a whole, all right, awarded us that award. All right, which I could, if I was still in, I could carry on to whatever unit that I was with. That's a team effort. Yep. And that, and that is, that is an award in which when you get awarded it and second calf, I've talked to many other second calf brothers, 
and you know as a Marine, there's a different atmosphere when you're around Marines or when you're around a CAV uh, personnel. Um, there's a certain connection, right, which you have the hoorah or the hua, right? And you feel whole again, right? Because you went through the shit, right? You learn the same thing and you just have the understanding of each other. Now you're with the dogs. It, right. You just have the understanding of each other, right? And that's what people don't understand about the veteran community, right? You and I connected, and it was instant connection. It's the first time we're seeing each other face-to-face, yeah. right? right? Yep. There's there's a different connection when it comes to the veteran community. And we we can immediately realize when you're a fake and when you're not. Oh yeah. And most of most of the time they're not fakes. Let's be Shit real. floats, man. You know what I mean? Shit floats. Yeah. You know that what Her- I mean? And Hershey bars stay on top of the water. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you get that Snickers right on top of the water that everybody's gonna run away from. You can but smell I, it too. You know what I mean? Smell <laughs> the shit fucking stinks. <laughs> I tell you this, man. I tell you this, the worst thing right now for veterans is politicians. Yeah. Yeah. And politics in general, brother, uh, you know, it's all to create more division and and it's, it's, it's just a way to, to put, to pin everybody against each other and create hate, even, even amongst the veteran world, man, there's guys out there that that want to, you know, yeah, I agree with you. It's not just the veteran world. When you have separation nah. and divide, all right, yeah. you you can conquer, right? Yeah. That that is that is there's there's multiple different ways to lead or move a a body into a different direction, right? right? When you create separation and divide, you can create hate and discontent. All right, you have people working against each other. Then what happens is the the body that makes the decisions goes, well, you can't agree with each other. So we're going to make the decision for you. Right. So then, then people have hate and gets discontent against each other. Right. And we miss the big picture. All right. The big picture is we, the people, it doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what class you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. If you came here and you're a if you're a legal citizen, you're a United States American. All right, you belong in this country legally. You are protected. We love you. It doesn't matter who you are. We love you, and you are entitled to everything that America brings to you, the freedom, freedom of speech, and everything else. As a police officer, I'll tell you this. People come at me, and not as much as you see on YouTube and, and Instagram or TikTok. People don't come at us as much as you want in the, the southeastern Connecticut area of the world. But I'll tell you this we do have it sometimes we also do have people that are white and 
color or Caucasian that try to play, you're doing it because I'm white. And I go, is this reverse psychology? Like, you're a person. I will treat you like a person. If you disrespect me, disrespect somebody else or put us in danger, then I have to take action. People don't understand that is I have to go home to my family just like anybody else. Right. I'm a human. I'm a police officer, but yes, I'm a human. I have feelings. A lot of people don't talk about that. Right. Does it piss me off? Most of the time, not because I kind of brush it off and go, here we go again <laughs> with another person that wants to like play some type of card, but at the same time, it gets tiring. But I think this, I, I think this year has been the biggest eye opener for myself in terms yeah. of if is of realizing, man, because I've been I've been I've, I've played the game too. I've 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 been playing the game myself for a while. And but now it's the realization of like wait a second. What, Hold what, up. What, wait this a second. What game are you playing? This the game of life, man. I was playing this game here and playing along with politics, religion, yeah. race, all yeah. those things. And and instead of at the end of the day, we're all human beings, man. You know yeah. what I mean? And and we all should strive to have a great life and strive for our kids to have an even better life. You know what I mean? And, and, and how do we do that? We make what we live in today as good as we can, you you know, and give it over to the next generation, a a good place, man. But if we're sitting here as adults making ourselves like, like idiots and we're, and we're setting a tone for all of our children growing up, Damn. You know, and, and a lot of us, man, it's generational stuff. It's stuff that we're passed down generation after generation. You know, we do have a responsibility at, at every generation to educate and, and make it a better place for the next and not go back, man. And, but we tend to do that time and time again. You know, we, we keep on going back to the things that create the most hate. And, and it's crazy. Our media is 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 crazy with creating so much animosity by oh by putting a color on everything they talk about. This person is this color did this to this color person, or this yeah. color person did this to this color, and then it just creates. It's like wow, well, why did you even have to point that part out? You know what I mean? Like it's like you went out of your way to say you know, make it about an ethnicity or something else when it has nothing to do with that. It, you yeah. know what I mean? It has yeah. to do with the, the fact that the person broke the law, yeah. created a crime, you know, all these things. It's just, it's a sad world that I think that the media is, is portraying and, and it's allowed. It, it's yeah. just crazy to me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you're right with it, you know, um, a lot of people don't realize, like, you know, my my family, my daughter, my stepsons, my wife, um, you know, are indigenous. They're Native American. Um, you know, my brother-in-law, um, you know, is 
he got a citizenship. He he came here, um, went into the Marines, got a citizenship. Um, you know, a lot of people take, you know, um, a book at face value, you know, and, you know, it's sad, you know, a lot of, I, I tell you right now, um, a week and a half ago, I arrested a dude for, he had a warrant, um, and I'm getting called a racist. I got to do my job. The court says you failed to appear and I get called a racist, you know, and we're all in cahoots together, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And, you know, it, we just had powwow this past weekend, um, you know, many indigenous tribes from the area and it was such, such a blessing. You know, because we haven't been able to get together in years because of the pandemic. And you just realize what's valuable in life, family, health. Um, and that's what the what the most important thing is, you know. And people, and I call it first world problems, you know. If you're not healthy, you need to worry about yourself. You know, if you're striving to be a better person, then you need to do something better for somebody else. Because that's what a better person does. You know, and everlasting veteran is just that. You know, myself, I'm not, I'm just one person. I don't have a team behind me. I don't have, I don't have, you know, other people telling me what to do. I don't have people building my website. This is me. Everything that you see from Everlasting Veteran is me. I have my brother-in-law, who is the dog breeder in which I get dogs from, who's a former Marine. Er. You know? And not former. There's, he's not a former Marine, bro. Hey, you know, nothing former to us. Former Marines all the former, time. Former crane eater. <laughs> no, he eats them still. He better. Yeah. He's he's some <laughs> he's some cooked. But I'm just saying is it's saddening, right? You give yourself to this country. You give yourself to a community. And you are told that you're a piece of shit. You're told that you're a racist. You're told that you're doing it because of the color of your skin. Because there's people in this world that just hate And it's sickening to me. Racism has no color. That's what people have to understand. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Puerto Rican. All right. My brother-in-law is from Trinidad. 
my niece and nephew are part Trinidad, part Native American. My daughter is Native American. My wife is Native American. We have no race in our house, but I'm viewed as the white man that is racist as a cop. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a rough world that we're, we're getting into. And, um, you know, I haven't really got to have this conversation with uh, any officer. So I'm glad I actually have you on the show to kind of, to talk about some of these things that I actually have questions about myself, dude, is how do you guys go on with, you know, knowing that sometimes you're absolutely hated, bro. I mean, you, you look at the news nowadays and, and, and especially the media, they start pinning you guys as bad guys and showing the bad showing. And that's the other thing you see a video and you see the little snippet and you don't see the beginning of the, the, the snippet, you know what I mean? What led up to the thing. And so sometimes obviously the way that you can create a video, it can make anybody look a certain kind of way. Yeah. But how do you guys deal with this, man? I mean, at, I mean, I know you guys' is mental health and stuff like that too. I mean, it's gotta be rough. It's gotta be rough to go out there and, you know, once upon a time ago, and I remember when I was a kid, man, you see a police officer, we're all waving and hey, excited. You know, nowadays it's like I feel like other people have a, a bad omen against them and stuff, and I don't feel like it's now you guys are walking around and having to like be looking over your freaking backs and your shoulders, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's um, I love it and I hate it. So growing up, like my my blood cousin, uh, my uncle uh, is black, right? He's dark skinned. Um, I never grew up with race, right? You know, I never grew up with. <laughs> I never grew up with like the understanding that somebody's you're just tanner than me, right? And I understand now at 30, almost 37 years old, that it doesn't matter what color you are. You can be a racist, black, white, Puerto Rican, whatever, right? You don't just have to be, and this is the topic that people don't want to touch on, just like suicide, Right, because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Right. And then as soon as you see it makes me feel uncomfortable, people back away. Do you like or me? Run as, away, you know? Or run away. Or run away. Do you like me as a person, as an individual? Do you like me as an American? Right. And the thing is, is you know, so many people are like, you know, especially with the Trump and whatever build the wall, you know, listen, I'm all for protecting the country. I'm all for protecting our borders because what happens when people from other countries that have ill intentions to commit crimes in our country is not protecting our people. We have violence. That's all it is. 
I think I think there's a big misconception there too. I think that people like automatically assume we don't want people here. That's not right. it. We just no. want you to be here legally. We want you to, you know, pay your taxes, pay your, you know, be right. a, a good citizen and, and, and not right. be someone that we gotta pay for for you to live here. You know, right. um, so I, I don't care who you are. I don't know I don't care where you come from. Right. Just do do the you know, do what is told to yeah as a u.s citizen you know there's there's a criteria for all of us and and stuff i mean man i don't care who you are as long as you're you fit that criteria and you're here and you're not just trying to take from our system you're helping our system you know what i mean yeah and i agree with you on that man and we could literally have 90 minutes of another conversation (laughs) right but i'll tell you this the majority of the americans love america it's the ones that are the loudest, right? That people are seeing, right? That don't think that Americans love America, right? And I thought that for a while as being a police officer is people hate everybody fucking hates us. Right. And what happens is it, it changes your psyche, right? And people wonder why police officers are disgruntled most of the time because they're expecting the attitude. They're expecting to be talked to like shit. They're expecting, you know, to be treated like shit. They got treated like shit for eight hours. Now they have another eight hour shift. There's a lot of there's a lot of multitudes of stuff that goes into policing that people don't really understand. You know, I just so I I, I got off I got off a sixteen hour shift at the end of the eight hours before I went on the desk. I got an intoxicated lady, right? That all of a sudden wigs out and tries to swing on us. She's got to go up to the hospital. She can't care for herself, whatever. She goes, you're hurting me because it's because I'm white. Mm. Just let that sink in, right? So if somebody screams, you're hurting me because I'm black, does it change it? She's a white woman, right? And she's screaming. You're hurting me because I'm white. I literally was flabbergasted because most of the time I hear I'm a white police officer. I'm doing it because they're black. Let alone they have no idea my background as my cousin being mixed, my uncle being black, my nieces being from Trinidad and Native American, my daughter being Native American. All right, we just had powwow this past weekend and cultural week this past week, but yet they look at me as a white man. That's all they see. And I only say it because it's important. It's important to my family. It's important to my daughter as I raise her. Now, is is it just like a, a thing now too? Is it uh, is it the white cops in particular getting that bad omen, or cops in general 
getting it as well. Cops in general. I have. You just get the double. You get the double worst of it all because you're a white cop, and now you get the. I get I get the double edge of it, and also people that I work with. If they're not white, then they're Uncle Sam. You know, and yeah, you know it's they just hate cops because it's a media objective that's been pushed forward, right? You called us. If you're not in the worst time and you don't need police officers, then why did you call us? We don't want to do paperwork. That's more work. Who wants to do more paperwork? Do I go to work and go, I want to type some stuff? No, absolutely not. I want everybody to get along and everybody go to bed. And I've worked nights for since 2013. You it's know, rough. It's rough, man, with the social media industry and everybody out there is a news reporter now because everybody's walking around with a cell phone. Yeah. Um, you know, it, honestly, the the only the, a lot of the videos that make it out there portray cops as assholes. Uh, you know, all that stuff because it's just that's the only thing that people like to put out there is negative, negative, negative. You know, because they don't want to see that whole positive side on how how much. I mean, I've seen, and you don't see these videos as often. But there's cops out there that go and buy people meals and uh, take them out, take families food. I mean, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. But those are the things that get pushed more to the side. And we're gonna elaborate on. Oh shit, man! He pushed that guy to the ground. He pushed him to the ground. You know, mm-hmm. after he told him that like a thousand times to get to the ground. And then, yeah. uh, you know, finally he's got to tackle him because after the hundred and thousandth time, he didn't listen. Because, yeah. I mean, every video I've ever seen, I, I see a, I see cops probably say 20 different times, no shit, before they actually do something about it in terms of a physical. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like any job. You know, there's bad apples, right? right? There's people in the profession that, you know, should not be in the job and they do wrong and they should be punished, right? Cops, cops should be held to a higher standard, rightfully so. But, you know, it's just like when Texas at Fort Hood, when the military had a prostitution ring going on, it doesn't mean that everybody in the military is into prostitution, right? right? You can't pe- You can't paint pe- everybody with a broad brush. Yep, if you did, if you did, everybody would see the military as being a huge prostitution ring. Yep. But really, it was just two guys in Fort Hood that had a prostitution going on, prostitution ring going on in uh, 2010. You know, it's the same example. You know, like you got people in, you know, just like the military. There is a small percentage throughout the country that are are police officers. So naturally, you're going to have people that are held to a higher standard that mess up. How they mess up is on them. Don't do anything illegal. It's a pretty fucking simple thing to do. Yeah. Right? You're, You're a police officer. You're supposed to arrest people for doing stuff illegal. Don't do it yourself. 
you should be held to a higher standard. Just like the military. And if you're held to a higher standard, you should know that you're going to be punished harder than everybody else. That's just how it goes. Yeah, man. I mean, all, there's a lot of eyes, uh, especially when someone's pulled over. You know, they're watching, they're looking. I mean, everybody, you could just, the traffic slows down. Whenever there's a cop on scene with some lights on, boom. You know what I mean? Everybody is over there like, what's going on? Yeah. Get their cameras out and start videotaping. Um, but, you know, it's, you guys are in a profession now that, the focus has been, you know, let's, let's, let's get all the bad stories we can, you know, and it just, I feel like that's a lot of what the social media keeps doing. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a horrible thing, man. Cause it's making the profession. I, I imagine too, dude, it's, it, you know, even getting new candidates to come through and guys that want to come in and uh, be, be, be cops now are starting to shy away from it. Same thing, even with the military. I mean, people are starting to, to shy away from it because of the bad press and stuff like that. It's sad that our own, uh, you know, social media and stuff like that. Up this this uh, this uh, episode is probably getting not going to make it in the cut because of all the stuff we're saying. But the truth be told, man, um, a lot of the stuff that that our our news likes to focus on is just absolutely bad news. You know, it's never the great stories that are the ones that they keep focusing on. They keep focusing on this happened over here. You know what I mean? And it's like, and also they come in half loaded with their, with their stories or it's, 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 it's built around a narrative that they're building up, you know? Yeah, and and that's the rough part, man. Yeah. People don't like real talk. That's yeah. the thing. And so and that's the thing is, is so it's season three of Everlasting Veteran. So season one and two was designed to help with the transition, to help resilience. Um, so you're, you're getting a lot on this episode because um, you're getting footage that people haven't seen. And you're also seeing... Um, the side to me that people are going to see in season three. Um, so your, your episode right now, uh, episode 40, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is episode 40, episode, by the way. Episode, yeah. Episode 40 is the breakout episode. Um, I have held dormant long enough. Um, I don't care about cancel culture. I don't care about um, whatever you want to say. Um, I'm going to tell facts. I'm going to help veterans. I'm going to help first responders. Um, you know, I'm going to be respectful at the same time. Um, but truth is going to come out. People hate uh, facts. People, people hate, hate facts, facts man. And, and that's the thing. <laughs> is that the thing? Uh, and the worst, the worst part of it, and the biggest thing, you know, and I, I've been waiting for season three because that was the ultimate goal. Uh, season three, you know, a lot of a lot of people s steer away from saying suicide. They stay away from the word suicide. They stay away from self harm. They stay away from 
uh, police officer in the same sentence. I have, and on your show, and in because it's episode forty, uh, I have the ambassador for the hero's uh, journey, uh, who is the main ambassador for the Gary Sinisi Foundation, uh, wow. coming on. Uh, everlasting veteran to start things off uh, at the end of September because we want to air it uh, on Gold Star Mothers and Families uh, Day, which is the last Sunday of September. Uh, so this is the first time that it's being announced um, on your show that uh, she is going to come on and talk about her son that was killed in Afghanistan the same time I was in Afghanistan actually. And, um, she is the ambassador for Gary Sinise's, uh, the heroes journey foundation in which she is sponsoring, uh, and she's coming on everlasting veteran. So I, I am absolutely flabbergasted, but at the same time honored to have her on the show. Um, so this is the actually the first time that anybody's going to actually hear about it. Outstanding, bro. Let's uh let's go ahead and actually talk about uh Everlasting Veteran and uh kind of what brought you to it. How did you get the name? Uh how your show works? Uh you know, let's just kind of uh get everybody familiar with Everlasting Veteran. Just run us through when you started it, what made you start it, the name, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I have to actually give credit to Everlasting Photography. Um, there's a couple people that are actually near and dear to my heart. Uh, we had a falling out. Um, I still uh, will not use anybody else until they're ready to come back on with me. Um, and they had Everlasting Photography um, here in Connecticut, kind of a local just, you know, photography business so i i actually i have everlasting properties llc which is more of a personal endeavor um you know i i'm a sole uh proprietor on that um but the sole goal was to use them in photography and videography and stuff like that amazing absolutely amazing uh video and photographer like that's why I'll never use anybody else. If they never want to work with me, I just, I'll just have to do my own stuff. Um, you know, and they're just amazing people. Um, Heather and, uh, um, her husband are just amazing people. And, and I, I tried to bring them on to, you know, start something with everlasting properties. Um, Things kind of fell out a little bit. They're amazing people. I think at some point we'll reconnect. And then Everlasting uh, Veteran uh, kind of took birth. Um, I lost a second cab brother to an overdose. Um, his sister tried to, and never met his family before. His sister was trying to reach out to people that uh, he served with. Eugene Porterfield, amazing individual. Um, I got a phone call 
as I came home from work one day, uh, I was about to lay down. And I, mind you, I work nights, so it was about 8 a.m. And uh, I got a phone call. They had a service that day because he passed away from an overdose. Uh, more of a purposeful overdose because she tried to get him help and he took took himself away from the program to get high. Um, that morning, I reached out to a guy that I served with with 2nd Cavalry Regiment that I knew was in the area because I just ran into him and said, hey, I'm running down to Jersey, which is about a three-and-a-half-hour drive from where I'm at. And uh, Porterfield died. He overdosed in his services now. Um, we made it just in time. My buddy Steve Johnson met us, or just him and I. And that was our first time meeting his family. Um, from that point on, I had a guy, Ryan Young, uh, that I met through policing. I never met him before other than being a police officer that constantly was suicidal, constantly was ODing, constantly was intoxicated. And I got in touch with my doc, my medic uh, from 2nd Cav, Doc Powers. And I said, Doc, I got a guy that I don't know how to help. He's, he was with the Broken Wings Foundation. He said, send him out to me. We'll take care of him. We'll get him on the right track. We'll get him through our program, do some life skills, teach him fishing, and all this other stuff. So I, I, tell, I tell this guy that I met through police, and I said, listen, do you trust me? You're a Marine. I'm Army. And you can look up Ryan Young um, from Massachusetts. Uh, he drove his gunnery sergeant uh, covered in the American flag in which he had uh, from Iraq and to the post, and they did a whole news story on him. So the dude's legit, you know, not faking it. And I said, you trust me. It's the only person, only person he trusted said, I'm going to send you to Illinois. You go to my doc, my medic, we're going to get you right. You know, and uh, my sergeant at the time, guy I grew up with, uh, Nick Rankin, he helped me out. We paid for his airline ticket. And his wife, who was also addicted, I said, you guys go get right. Um, you know, one-way trip when you're ready you pay for your airline back. You know, hard, hard, hard lesson, um, you know, hard program. Somebody I trusted to send another veteran to. Um, and from a dude that was suicidal almost every single weekend, he is now sober, living back, in the area with his family in Massachusetts um, and looking to see the next day. It's not looking to die. It drained 
every single ounce out of me. Where I said, I don't want another person, another veteran, to die on my watch. An everlasting veteran is born. And in the first short six months that I launched Everlasting Veteran, we were able to donate the first dog to a veteran that deserved it. That 100% of the food for the first year and the services to make the dog a service dog. Little Frenchy, right? Little French Bulldog? Yes. Togo, a.k.a. And now Winston, Winston Togo. Okay. <laughs> um, so they, they, he had, so he wanted to do Winston because he wanted to do bow tie, the, whatever, you know, he's loving life. Yeah. Like that's the whole point, man. Like this dog, dogs are amazing. This dog, and I'm going to have Shad on uh, for season three. I had this dog for two weeks at my house. I have two dogs of my own. I have a Frenchie from my brother-in-law, and I have a lab as well. Dogs, no. It doesn't matter if they're certified or not, right? This dog I had from eight weeks and uh, until 10 weeks. And that short two weeks that dog knew when I needed somebody. I'm a disabled veteran myself. All right. I, I, you know, I'm not the worst. I'm not the, you know, freaking 0%, you know, like, like I have anxiety, I have PTSD, you know, I have my moments, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not one of those people who sit here and be like, you know, I freaking, I can't function in life. I can function in life, but, you know, God damn it. You know, fucking life is fucking hard sometimes for us veterans. We have yeah. a hole. We have a hole that we sometimes just can't fill. That's the reality of it. There's a hole that we're going to constantly be trying to fill for the rest of our lives. That nobody's going to be able to understand that concept. And that's the reality of it. And when you understand that and you are able to comprehend that, then you chase whatever it is to halfway fill that hole. Because it makes life just a little bit better. And nobody will ever understand that unless you're a veteran, unless you've gone through what we've gone through. And that's Shad right there. That's Shad. That's Togo. People knew before they changed his name because I had to give him a name. My daughter gave him a name. That is Winston T. Right? That's his blue bow tie that <laughs> matches his eyes. So uh Shad be coming on. Shad is uh first special forces um out of Fort Bragg. Um you guys will not know when he comes on. Um, because I have to keep his, uh, identity when he comes on, uh, 
secret. I have a couple others coming on on season three that I also have to keep their identity secret. Uh, so I just want to put that out there. Um, they're still serving um, because they have constant missions going on. But um, you will you will not know when he comes on or the other ones. I'm grateful. We're not talking shit about the military. The military is great. But uh, it's just mission readiness type of thing. Um, you know, but, you know, dude, I'm just so grateful, man. Like the overwhelming support. I thought people forgot about the military. I thought people forgot about our veterans, you know, and starting the push I did with Everlasting Veteran gave me hope again in the American community, you know, and that's, that's one of the pieces of the whole that needs to be filled with our veterans. Transition is a very complex thing. A lot of people don't realize it. We got to change transition. Everybody's transition out of the military is different. And it's a very complex transition because if you don't have housing, you don't have somebody else to go back to, you don't have a job, where do you land yourself? And now you got three months to get out. So what are we doing? If I told you right now, Brian, you're done podcasting. You got three months to figure it out. You got no paycheck. What are you going to do? Figure it out, man. I definitely, right. I'm I'm not the kind of uh, person, you know, I will make sure I got it. I got another way. Usually I don't put my, my eggs all in one basket all the time, bro. Usually yeah. there's always a plan B, you know, um, yeah. as I've gotten older and I've realized, you know, you can have a plan, you know what I mean? Okay. But it doesn't mean it's always going to go the way that you want it to go. All right. So there's always a need for a backup plan mm. or, you know, uh, you know, something else to fall back on. So that way it's not so devastating, man. I think yeah. that a lot of times we get devastated is because we put all our eggs in that one basket. Our expectations are high. Mm -hmm. And, and then all of a sudden we're not meeting those expectations. And then the next thing you're like, Oh shit. And then you lose, you, you start, you know, putting out, you got to yeah. have something that can fall back on, or you can have that, that state of devastation, you know, and then you can feel lost or a fish out of water, so to speak type of right. uh, mentality. Yeah, I mean, like flopping around, like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? You know, yeah, yeah. Got it. It's 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 important for us to, um, you know, live in the present, but prepare for the future and forget about the past. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because some of these things can't aren't gonna, you know. Uh, I think living in the present is a big thing for us. A lot of us get caught up in, you know. How, too worried about what's going to happen next, which we don't really have any kind of control over what's going to happen next, so to speak, type of thing. Um, and then a lot of times we get hung up on something in the past that happened. Mm -hmm. And then we, we get so hung up that we can't move on. So we we're we're not, we're not able to live in the present. And then when you're not living in the present, man, you're not giving everybody that best of you, so to speak. Yeah. We can't change the past, but we can't, predict the future that's right 
and we got to be the best version of ourselves for us first and then everybody else after. Yep. If you're not the best version of yourself, in which I started season one off and everlasting veteran off, and I will continue. If you're not the best version of yourself, then you can't be the best version of yourself for somebody else. Yep. You know, you got to learn how to love yourself, laugh at yourself, talk mm-hmm. to yourself. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? You got to be your, 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 your best friend in a way. Um, at, at the end of the day, we live with ourselves the most. There's no one else in the world that lives with us more than ourselves. You yeah. know what I mean? So to be inside that body, to be inside that all the time, you gotta you gotta love it, man. You yeah. know, I mean, there's probably people that think I'm crazy because I'll laugh and have be a goofball and have over there laughing like to myself, but you know, I'm having a good time. <laughs> I mean, I think you know, the one of the most liberating things that happened to me is uh stop living for others and, and stop giving a shit what other people think that was probably one of the most liberating things for me is, you know, is, is living for myself and, and, and being okay with how I'm living my life and not caring about how someone else thinks I should be living my life or whatnot, you know, because everybody's got a fucking opinion. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's for sure. You know what I mean? Um, but you know what they say about opinions? It's like an asshole. Everybody has one. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a, the, you know, unfortunately with the uh, shit we got going on right now, social media has to be involved. Otherwise, I would cancel all of it uh, because I am sick and tired of hearing from these children that have not even lived life. They haven't put a, a ounce of work, you know, into this, this environment, this country, and they have an opinion about what needs to happen. And, Okay, yeah, if you got a better way to do things, you can make money, then make yourself your own boss and start your own LLC and go into business for yourself. Other than that, shut the fuck up. Because that's the that's the that's the truth of it, right? Yeah. You know, because I have two businesses, I have two LLCs, right? I'm doing it myself. I have nobody else doing it for me. I am the one doing all the work. I am the one running the podcast. I am the one doing the creation of the shirts, the apparel, the marketing, the strategy, the uh, apprenticeship. And then I have my other one, which has to do with properties and snow plowing and everything else. I am the one scheduling. I'm the one doing this. I'm the one editing. I'm doing this, whatever the case may be. And then I have my regular job. And then I'm also a realtor. So fuck you. Go get a real job. Learn what it's like to work hard, right? Do I have to do all this shit? Absolutely not. Do I do it because I want to better myself? I want a, a better future for my daughter and other and my stepchildren and everything else? Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, when I die, what do I have to live for? I'm creating I'm creating something 
It's a legacy to pass down. Well, don't I'm you getting... feel like our culture is creating this type of mentality and it, everything, especially after the COVID world? Yeah. Uh, you know, now everything, you can get your 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 groceries delivered to your house. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, people got rich off of streaming <clears throat> and off of uh, playing video games. People were getting rich, you know just being streamers and and, and yeah. so a lot of the younger generation that they're seeing like oh man oh what i can get rich playing call of duty you know yeah. what i mean and now yeah. not everybody gets rich off of it you know what i mean yeah. it's just a thing but i feel like our culture is creating almost a path of laziness you know for i mean i guess i don't know what other word to use here um so but it's it, it's in any it's in a any concept in the field of job work right you know you have people that are really good carpenters that are very successful you have people in the world of entrepreneurship with real estate that are great at flipping or are great in the real estate world that are are just 100% realtors um you have people that are just good entrepreneurs that have a a solid business that provide for their family uh, and they're good at what they do, and it's in their wheelhouse. Electricians, the whole nine yards. The the thing that comes down to is is the generation that we see right now is they think that they just do it, and they have the title, and they think that people should just pay them because they have the title. They don't want to do the hard work, but they have the title, so they think people should just pay them. That's the issue that it comes down to. They don't realize... You know, the five years, 10 years that people put into building the business in which they have, right? They think that they have the title that people should just give them money. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That's what, really, that's what it really comes down to. You know, they, they don't want to do the hard work, right? People don't realize as an entrepreneur, if I stopped policing and I would just went into full-time entrepreneurship where I was a realtor, you know, doing the podcast and my other business. I, I originally may not make as much money as I am right now as a police officer. I make decent money on the side doing what I'm doing, but with everlasting veteran, Honestly, that's not what it's all about. It's about helping other veterans and first responders and, you know, gold star families. That's why I created Everlasting Veteran. My other business, Everlasting Properties, that's a personal endeavor when it comes to investing in properties and doing snow plowing and property management. That's a different story. You're paying for more of a full-time service type of thing. You know, and people don't understand also is nonprofit and LLC. People still get paid from nonprofits. LLCs, it's it's a business deduction versus a tax write-off. You know, people don't really understand that and they, I don't know, there's... And that's why I think a lot of like nonprofits got a really bad rap. Not only that, there was uh what was it? Uh Wounded Warrior Foundation had a controversy when it came to, you know, embezzlement or whatever. 
So you have a lot of people trying to harp, you know, and jump on the veteran bandwagon of helping veterans. So people, people naturally just don't trust anybody to begin with. Right. So then, you know, you have like grunt style, which is like the king of like clothing and then like nine line, which is like comparable. And then you have an, Vanilla project those are your three like kings when it comes to like you know veteran apparel type of shit you know ones you know or twos for profit ones a non-profit um you know and they're they're trying to like you know help other non-profits um you got um what is it um Nine Line is working with uh, Fight the War Within, which I met in North Carolina. Um, they're helping with their apparel. Um, so you have a lot of small companies that like Nine Line and like, uh, you know, Ground Style that are working with that are nonprofit. But at the end of the day, what happens is Nine Line, Grunt Style, all those are like multi-million dollar companies, right? Grunt Style came in at a perfect time. They got great shirts. They donate and they help. You know, I'm not knocking them at all. Um, it's just they're the Nike of the military clothing area, you know? Like, that's just how I compare them, you know? Because they have multiple store locations now the whole nine yards. But people have to understand that there is other veteran small businesses that are trying like everlasting veteran the clothing helps with the dogs right there there's other small businesses killfoot clothing it's another local one in connecticut he founded guardians of purple heart non-profit organization he's a purple heart recipient himself there's other organizations or businesses that are trying to really help it's just PR wise, whatever, they're not known, you know, and it's tough getting your name out there. It's tough people to get people to trust you because just like the banks, they want like product, they want evidence of work type of thing, you know, to be able to give you a loan. Right. Um, same thing goes for a small business. You say you're going to do something. You say you're donating a dog. You say you're paying for the food. You're paying for this, that, the other thing. They want evidence. They want proof that you're actually doing it. And I do it. And I get fucking ridiculed. I get freaking uh, trolled on the internet, which apparently I guess is a good thing. I didn't know that was a good thing. I got yeah. I got people from different countries trolling me on social media. And then I also had my legal team having, because I'm trademarked, I have my legal team about to send out cease and desist orders because they're trying to comment below my shit. Apparently they're selling everlasting veteran stuff. And I'm like, is this real life? Am I really dealing with this right now? I never thought in a million years that people would take such, I don't know what to call it. 
such energy to, to try to replicate what I'm doing to try to make money. I never thought that in a million years. But here I am, you know, four weeks ago, I was about to have my legal team send out cease and desist orders on a post that they were trying to sell hoodies, which I have them not put out yet, to make money. Wow. That is crazy, man. It, the and the web been, is a, rural, a really crazy world anymore, man. And I've been up and running since February, right? So, like, in the clothing side of things, my clothing line just started launching at the end of July. So the only thing I have is... The only thing I have for clothing is only supportive apparel for the podcast, which is like the hat and the shirts. I have, dude, when I tell you clothing line coming out, Grunt Style has got something coming for them. Because I, yeah, they they have no idea about sayings for the military just saying grunt style and i've i've talked to a couple of people that uh, grunt style is great people i'll tell you right now but i have some sayings that they have not come up with um which i'm surprised they have not come up with um that you know they they i'll just tell you this like everything's not going to be a logo on the front this is initial support of apparel because I'm trying to get the first dog out there. I'm trying to get things out there, you know, um, you know, but yeah, vet bot all the way. Oh yeah, man. So you started up in February, huh? When was yeah. your uh, actual first episode released? Um, I think it was February or maybe it was the beginning of March. I think it was the beginning of March was the first episode. So the first three episodes um, was just me, myself, and I. Uh, one of them in which the most uh, one that I take to heart of all the episodes I've done so far uh, was the knock that gave them wings. Um, so the first three episodes came right from here um i would sit in my cruiser uh come home and i'd either just put stuff on paper or put stuff on my phone uh and it was literally just me talking to myself um and the knock that gave him wings is it's not perfect but it's the most meaningful um, you know, what the vet was the first come out, you know, but the knock that gave him wings was a personal feeling of being a police officer at the same time of losing your son and daughter or daughter in the military as a gold star member. Um, of getting that knock at the door. Um, and then also being the police officer, being the responding officer to multiple uh, veterans that committed suicide. Um, so it was a mixed emotion for me. Um, it, it didn't come out perfect. 
uh, is, is perfect as I wanted it to. Um, you know, but I had a lot of emotion going into it because there is many people that I responded to as a police officer. I knew as a veteran that committed suicide. Um, and I kind of took it personally, you know, what could I do better as, as part of the veteran community to stop suicide? You know, like this is, this is one of my brothers. This is one of my sisters, even though I didn't like serve in the war with them, you know, some of them are the same age or younger than me. Um, you know, and so the knock that gave them wings was, was a very, 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 uh, personal episode to me. And a lot of it stemmed from Eugene Porterfield, one of the buddies that I served with second cavalry regiment that, uh, unfortunately overdosed, uh, at a VA hospital purposefully. Mm. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. It, um, Yeah, a lot of people don't realize, man. Now, a lot of people shake their head. Go, it's a shame. You know, they're such a good person. They served their country. What the fuck did you do six months prior to make shit different for him? Did you pick up the phone and call him? Did you text them? Those are the things that sometimes can make the difference because they know somebody's there. Yep, it is important, man. And I know even sometimes the people out there that seem like they're good aren't always good you know it's important that we uh check up on everybody even uh when we think they're doing good because uh, a lot of people could fake a smile i've done know? it many times i've done it many times myself you know even recently now i'm not i'm not one to say i haven't you know I, i'm an open book you know, the struggle with me is real a lot of the times. You know, even though I have a podcast, things, you know, I put a lot of work into what I'm doing. But I'm not immune to, like, having bad days just because I'm I'm doing some good stuff. A lot of people don't understand that is just because people are doing good stuff... I'll put it this way. So, you know, I, I had the fortunate uh, time of connecting with a guy named Rick Morello, who runs, um, he founded Through Tragedy Comes Light, and he's he heads uh, Man 22 Suicide Awareness Rundown in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Third Special Forces guy, great dude, Ranger. <clears throat> There's a lot of times. Oh, sheesh, I'm having an earthquake, dude. Oh, really? Yeah, hold up. 
See if it stops. You ain't shaking. Just do this. Wow. Dude, that was seriously an earthquake. Yep, it just said earthquake detected. Nice. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I, I did say that uh, this is going to happen because of the hurricane coming through. It's, well, uh, through it's the on the fault line. Don't drop through the ground on me. Oh my gosh, bro. I am upstairs, too. <laughs> uh, well, if, if something happened, I'm honored to... Uh, be the last episode no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> number 40 i made it to number 40 at least 40, you know what i mean 40. damn yeah uh, you know but i say that i say this man is it doesn't matter how much you know we do we a lot of times the people that push for the most are the ones that hurt the most right because they're trying to i'm a helper all right, I have realized that years ago. I'm a person that rather help people more, and I don't even listen to my own advice. And as veterans, as first responders, right, that's in our nature, right? And we have to understand that, that we need to have our own time to decompress to try to decompartmentalize things, um, talk to our loved ones, uh, because if you're consistently always helping people, who's there to help you? That's really what it comes down to. Find that one person that just is willing to listen. So with Everlasting Veteran, even though it's a podcast, I specifically chose to put just headphones. Because sometimes we just need to listen. There is a reason why I chose the logo. Because your memory, even if you're not here, your mom, your husband, your wife, your cousin, your brother can tell your memory and others will listen. If you're a KIA, if you committed suicide, unfortunately, even though it's a podcast, the headphones resembles just listening. And a lot of times we need to just take that moment to just listen to somebody else. If somebody says to you, hey, you have a moment, sometimes that might be the last time you talk to them. We don't realize sometimes if that's the last time. But if somebody makes it uh, a purposeful conversation to say, hey, I need to talk to you, You need to take a moment. Life is not as important when somebody just wants to say, I need to talk. And that's, you know, and that's the biggest thing when it comes down to the logo. Sometimes we just need to listen. And it may save somebody's life.
So it's a great message, man. It's a great message. And, uh, you know, I started about a month prior. I think about a month before you did actually doing the whole podcast thing as well. And, um, man, how much it's helped me actually too, being able to talk to others. Um, it's, you know, and, and how I started my podcast too, that just started with telling my story, you know, telling my story about when I grew up, I went through divorce and all that stuff. I went through a lot of things as a kid, um, divorce after i got out of you know the marine corps and stuff i went through a whole nasty divorce myself um but you know talking about a lot of these things started making me realize man how much better i started feeling about it and and also some of these things that we talk about they're hard they're hard to talk about but someone out there probably can hear or needs to hear the message that that someone's talking about that hard thing that needs to be talked about. Right. And, and, and that's why it's important, man, for us to try to be as transparent as we can. I, you know, I definitely have given some stories up about me that don't shed great light on me, mm-hmm. you know, and don't make me look like a great person by no means. Um, but nobody's a hundred percent, you know, like the perfect person. Yeah. And I don't have a problem going out and saying that because, in order for me to be a better person, I got to accept the bad parts that I've done, the wrongdoings. I, Cause you're never going to get past those things. If you can't accept that you did them wrong. If you right. don't think you made anything wrong, you're not going to be able to fix something that you don't think is wrong. Yeah. But once you realize that you made something wrong, you can, that's when you can start to fix it. Yeah. And, and then sometimes things aren't always salvageable. I mean, salvageable. Yeah, my mouth is not working today. But, you know, some of these things are just, you can blow it up, blow the bridge on up, man. And um, some of them are unrepairable. But, you know, what if I, there's the biggest thing that my message can come out across and and us having conversation like this as two men to the younger, to the younger people out there is deal with your shit, man, when you can, while you're younger. Don't just sit there and pile it up and allow it to, fester you know because yeah. i think that we always don't want to look back and say because we find ourselves and i think when you're younger your your pride is even huger than most i mean you know um you just think you you're, you're on top of the world you know everything uh you can't do anything wrong at that time but once you start accepting all and things start hitting you and your, your pride starts getting you know subjected we suppress a lot of that because we don't want to sit there and act like we're broken or we don't want to own that because that kind of messes with your pride messes with your freaking bravado, you know, but man, I mean, if you can accept some of that stuff then, and and instead of like, ah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And you accept it back then you could salvage and, and, and save so many different relationships, uh, problems with your job you know just just different yeah. things in life in general you know uh yeah. having that clear mindset is a big thing yeah I, I would add to that too especially with the new generation is like listen like a paper cut's not the same as a broken bone yeah right yeah. so so pull your big boy and big girl pants up 
right? And there's a lot of people that sacrifice more than you did. So you gotta you gotta be comparative, you know, when it comes to like suffering. You know, there there's people in this world that suffered more than I have. Um, you know, I am I am not a college graduate. Um, I have two businesses, I am successful, uh, but a lot of it came on my own, a lot of my learning. Um, I went to college for two years and said, it's not for me. And I went to the military. I don't have a college degree. Um, you know, and I'm proud of it. You know, college isn't for everybody. You know, um, I am where I am right now because of my life choices. Um, but make the right choices and own up to it and accept it. If you make the wrong choices, then that's on you, you know, and, Let's face it, like college is not everything, right? The pandemic happened. Everybody with a college degree and that's all you had, you had no job. You had no paycheck. Alone. Alone. Sitting at your house, right? So the essential workers, and mind you, like, you know, our city did not pay us the COVID money, right, that everybody else sitting at home got. I never got an extra check, but I still had to come into work. Right? That's how I got treated. That's how everybody at the PD got treated. Right? People sitting at home that were city employees got the COVID money check, and we we got to get extra money. We still had to come to work and do our job. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, we're complaining about it. Because everybody else that got the extra money from a pandemic, right, probably bought an extra TV, probably did this, whatever. Probably couldn't even tell you what they did with it, honestly. It's probably just, you know, gone. Yeah, it's probably gone. But that's, that's how people get treated in a public service job. Right, you you either you either try to sign up for a job that's going to pay you handsome, but you owe a shit ton of money, or you become a technical public servant, police officer, fireman, whatever. Even gas station clerks became heroes. That's a topic for a different day, but. Source subject, I would say, for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know. But it, it's one of those things that you just sit back and you go, the reality that I live in is completely different than the person in front of me. And it leads me to my next point. There's only two genders. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't agree with you more, though, bro. I yeah, mean, my male dog cannot uh, impregnate my female Frenchie uh, that I have. Not only are they different size, but one's a male and one's a female. Um, one is fixed. The other one is fixed as well, and they can't have babies together. It, our world has 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 gotten unbelievably crazy bro i i mean i can't imagine it's a mental health person that 
I, yeah, and that, and that's it. And then, and we're and actually we're enabling a lot of it. You know, we're we're playing right into uh, some of it. Uh, that's the one thing with mental health, man. It's 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 such a slippery slope, dude. You could go really crazy to one side, and then it could be underappreciated or or underlooked on another sure. side. Well, you know slip, what I mean? Slippery slope is like I'm going to go blow this up, or I have depression. Yeah. Right. So slippery slope is is so right now with this whole fucking gender thing, right? They want to say that gender is subjective. No, it's science. Gosh. It's well, si- you know, and that's the thing. Go and bury a person, a bone, take their bone structure hey, from look- back in from back in the day. They'll be able to tell you whether that person was a male or female with no flesh nothing on their body just by looking at their skeletal remains hold on brian i'm calling 911 you're having a uh a miscarriage right now the ambulance is coming oh wait you can't because you're a male (laughs) you can't have a miscarriage because you're a male because it's biological to you that is science yeah that's how things work if you want, if you are born Sarah and you want to be called Tom, I'll call you Tom. I yeah. respect you for who you want to be. You, if you uh, tell me you're Tom and uh, and you say, "Hey, my name's Tom," I'm gonna call you Tom. Yeah, but it, it, here's the thing: is if if you're born a girl or you're born a boy, and you want to be called something else or you want to be, you know, known as something else, that's fine. All right. I'll call you Tom, I'll call you Sarah, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, you can't force on me the fact that there's more than two genders. Biologically, there can't be. Yeah. It's not it's not subjective. You it's not even I, a question, bro. <laughs> like, you and I you and I cannot say right now that we're having miscarriages. All right. Even now, if my, even there if my- are the only case that I would say would come close, and I do know that this is a, a, a it is a possibility is hermaphrodites. Now that world would be, but they're born with either one more like primarily. So, say yeah. if they were more a female, they got the they got they're able to have babies and all that stuff. Yeah. But they may have just it's uh, a very rare occurrence, and it's scientifically proven that that's how they're born. Right. I can accept that. Yeah. But if you're born with nuts <laughs> in a penis or you're born with a vagina, then you're male or female. And that's the technical terms. All right. Testicles in a penis or a vagina. That's the technical terms. And that is what I tell my daughter. She is seven. I don't say lady parts and boy parts. I tell her the actual terms because that's how you should teach your children. Yeah. Well, it's crazy, bro. Like uh, my, my, my oldest, she's in college now and she goes to UC San Diego and uh, mm-hmm. they have to identify themselves when they talk. Yeah. yeah we how do. they identify we're themselves older. is whether they're her, him, he, whatever. I, I, it's just crazy to me, bro, that, that yeah. I, you know, I have a hard time dealing with a lot of stuff already. You want me to sit there and try to figure out what you are today? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, and, and you know, if I miss, 
Yeah. Just call you something, you're gonna freak the hell out on me. And I just makes you want to try is, to identify yourself again. Yeah, bro. I just I mean that's where I you start yeah. losing me. I mean, honestly, yeah. that's when you start losing me and in, in, in some of yeah. these things is when you go over the top, it's just like yeah. hey, you yeah. want me to respect you as an individual? I can. Yeah, but what you're not yeah. gonna do is 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 start erasing things and and in facts and trying to make me believe another way because it fits your narrative yeah that's where i i, I draw the line I, hard. I, I look at the, i look at the same way as like religion right so like we believe in the creator you know the people you got catholic they believe in you know jesus christ and god you got people that you know they believe in jesus christ and god but they believe that they you know jesus hasn't been bored yet you know, the same thing goes for religion. They have their own, like, scripture and everything else. You know, you're not going to tell me, right, my beliefs, right, and it's religion is a protected class. You're not going to try to tell me what I believe is is wrong. Yeah. You know, just like if, if you were Jewish and I was Catholic, I'm not going to tell you what your Jewish beliefs is wrong what you believe is your religion and what i believe is mine it's the same concept it's very simple i don't understand why people can't get that through their head i'm not going to sit here and tell you right if you want to believe that fine what i believe is this all right but you can't tell me i'm wrong and i can't tell you you're wrong yeah yeah it right? goes both ways if i had somebody <laughs> on my show that was a they them whatever chances are i would tell them listen we're not going to talk about that because that's not up for discussion <laughs> right yeah because i don't want to deal with one politics or two something that we're never going to agree on all right you believe in what you want to believe in i'll believe what i believe in. we can still be friends we can still exist together, but we have two different beliefs, and that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people don't want to accept. They want us to accept the untrue facts. And that's what it really comes down to is they want to make it a factual thing, but it can't be. It can't be factual. Yeah. Right? That's like I said, listen. A dollar's worth ten dollars because I said so. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like no, this is ten. I don't care what you say. It's ten. Hey, I need, I need, I need nine fifty-seven. Here's a dollar. Uh, no, that's not enough. No, that's worth ten dollars. It's the same thing. Yeah, Just exactly. Say it's true. It doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's where society's gone because we went through a pandemic, everybody fucking lost their mind. Oh my gosh, bro. It was like a it was like a reset. It reset was reset in the world or something, it bro. Like my, it, was, it wasn't even a reset, it was a fucking malfunction. It was like a shake up, like a fucking you know, roll like, in a snow globe. <laughs> yeah, like here's your snow globe, man. Shake it up. Female, male, female, like <laughs> Like people, oh no, but today I want to be a, a unicorn. Or you yeah. know, like, geez, bro. If they said they're a unicorn, I'd believe that. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's just more yeah. believable at least. Yeah, you know? it's only because of the crazy hot matrix. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen that? All right. But this is yeah. real talk with Brian and Ryan. <laughs> yeah, Brian and Ryan. Yeah, I tell you, man, it, it's one of those things. It's just, you know, people lose their fucking mind. And it's like, and then you got the cancel culture, and then you got like, don't say this, or people are going to delete you. Dude, I haven't said shit that offended anybody, and I'm still fighting fucking Facebook wars to keep my profiles up, even though I'm Facebook verified with a blue check mark. Yeah. And then I'm here, all- man. There's, you know what? That Facebook is just loaded with AI bots, though, bro. And they just, yeah, they just cling on keywords or anything like this. I was messing around with one of my good buddies, Derek, and and I was telling him that I would like I'd kick him in his nuts if I saw him, just like joking around. Like I love, I even started off with I love you, bro, but I would kick you in your nuts for talking about about yourself or something like that. Yeah. Community guidelines, community violation. Saying I had hate speech and. uh Something else, bro. It sounded really like, damn, I could get charged federally or something like it. Man. Yeah, it was probably it was probably spam. Some AI bot, man. I'm just like, come on, this so is there, crazy. There's there's a lot of Facebook people that are actually starting legitimate stuff. Just to let you know, there's a lot of Facebook. It's not actually from Facebook. Yeah, I know. I've been seeing this. Yeah, it's spam. So you got to click on it. There's a, there's a legitimate only official Facebook thing that would come. So like all my shit, even my personal page, Ryan Landry is a business page. Um, and there's a official Facebook um, email that you'll get oh, from yeah. the support team. Other than that, if it says Gmail, fucking discard it. It's from, you know, fucking Talasia or whatever fucking country it comes from. Yeah. They're trying to steal your identity. Sell your yeah, under- I know, man. Uh, Facebook's getting to be a... Uh, man, I'm not really a big fan of it much anymore, dude, to be honest it's, with you. It, you know, it's one of those things. Social media fucking sucks. Yeah. Right? But if if you want to, like, try to get shit out there... You unfor- gotta use it, though, unfortunately, Unfortunately, man. that's the world we come to. Yeah. People... people you get the news from TikTok and you get the real facts from you get the real facts from the dinosaur of Facebook. I remember I remember when Facebook first came out and I got I was so privileged to get on because I had a college email. Nobody else could get on. All right. And now we're in Facebook world where people are creating profiles just to fucking scam people, you know, and or or follow the person that blocked them because they're a fucking stalker. (laughs) That's literally the world we live in right now. And then TikTok is their news. So if you have a a world event, people are learning about it via TikTok more than they are actually the news because the news doesn't want to get it right. They just want to go with what is going to keep them on the air. Whether it's the the Democratic or Republican parties, that's really what it comes down to, right? Who funds the most? TikTok doesn't really have that much, so whoever owns the news network is going to push the most out. But people are going to go to TikTok because it's more convenient. 
So if you have a sex change, and I say you have a sex change on TikTok, people are going to believe it more than Channel 8. <laughs> right. Yeah, Just, man. That, yeah, you, facts, man. I mean, that's where a lot of people get their news. I mean, a lot of people don't even watch anything other than uh, social media stuff. So, yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah. uh, man, dude, we've almost gone almost two hours. I bet we can go a whole day. Uh, Hell is yeah, there man. any last things that you want to say that you didn't maybe get to say about Everlasting Veteran? Yeah. Or, so uh, just in I, general? I, yeah, I just say, man, like, you know, the clothing, the apparel, the week. I started getting weekly donations and stuff. Um, it helps uh, providing the food to service dogs, the training, um, you know, it goes directly to that. You know, I don't, I don't have a board sitting behind me. I don't have people telling me what to do. It goes directly to it. And that's why I started it because I was sick and tired of bad raps, um, from organizations and nonprofits. And I'm starting to pair with, you know, legitimate nonprofits that I know. Um, but I'm, I'm doing my best, man. You know, I'm one person, you know, I'm only human. Uh, we're able to donate the first dog this year in the first uh, six months, which, you know, I, I'm I'm just happy, man. You know, it, it was, I didn't think we we're going to be able to do it in, even the first year, just starting stuff up. It's a lot of money that I've poured into it on my personal money, um, you know, because I want to make things are right. You know, I want to make sure it's done right. I want to make sure people know that, you know, I, I, I wholeheartedly, uh, am invested in this, um, you know, and, uh, I've saved a lot to get things to where they're at, you know, and, um, it's a personal, it's a personal endeavor. So. Well, Hey man, I really appreciate you coming on and I really appreciate what you're doing, uh, for the community. And uh, I'm looking forward to season three myself, bro. So, uh, and I'm, I'm really glad you came on, man. Uh, I and, I, it. and I hope that, uh, you know, we can do this again. I think it's a lot of fun. I think we could actually have some real good, good, uh, real talk conversation. So yeah. maybe I'll have, to have you on for season three. Hell yeah, man. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Let's get real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my brother. I appreciate it, man. So uh, once again, thanks for everything you do, and uh, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Just stand still, and I'll uh, be back there in a second. All right, all right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and watching Every Day is a Saturday. I appreciate you. Uh, also, go check out Everlasting Veteran. Um, go give it a like, follow, and uh, get ready for Season 3. It's got uh, sounds like it's going to be one that you're not going to want to miss. But uh, once again, until next time. Uh -huh.